Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast, where it is my duty to explore all things related to living an optimized and fulfilling life. I personally am on the never-ending journey to improve myself and figured why not share my findings and my conversations with as many people as possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there, read my blog, check out some apparel I designed, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I would love to keep this podcast relatively sponsor-free, and to do that, I need your support through Patreon. You can visit the support tab on my website to learn more about that. Your contributions through Patreon will keep the Life Enchanted content flowing and will also help me dedicate more time to expanding the content, i.e. the blog and newsletter and whatnot. But most importantly, a portion of every cent that comes through Patreon and my online store will be donated to Metro World Child. You can find out more about them through my website on that support tab. Also, please consider leaving a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. Today's guest is my guy, Tyler Sweeney, and I cannot say enough good things about this dude. He is one of the happiest, most genuine, positive dudes I've ever met, and it was really awesome for me to have him on the show. He's a high school pastor at Bayside Church in Granite Bay, California, and is having a tremendous impact on the youth in the local area, which I've seen firsthand. He's also a new father to a beautiful baby girl, and his passion for the Lord is very inspiring, which you will definitely get a feel for in this conversation. So without further ado, Tyler Sweeney, ladies and gentlemen. We are live. Tyler, what's up, man? Oh, man, good morning. It's fun to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, thank you for being here. It's been a long time coming. We've been trying to make this happen for a while now, and finally our calendar's lined up, and... We're here. Well, I appreciate your patience. Dude, I know you're a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. You're a new Mm. father. Yeah. You shared something with me prior to recording that I think we should touch on. You said that you and your wife are trying to eliminate the phrase, I can't wait for. Yes. And when I say my wife and I, I really give all the credit to my wife. She's a smart (laughs) one in our relationship. Shout out Allie. Yes. Love Allie. (laughs) But she said a while back, because we were getting caught up in, you know, when she was a month or two old, oh, I can't wait for her to crawl. I can't wait till she walks. I can't wait for her first birthday. Mm -hmm. All those things. And then we said, wait, wait, let's reel the tape, press pause and think about this. No, we can wait for that. Yeah. Because the more we say, I can't wait for, the more we're missing the moment. Yes. So we started to say, no, let's let's embrace the present. Let's live in the here and now, knowing that what's coming is going to be fantastic. Totally. But we don't want to miss the small things because her like sitting exactly. around, yes, uh, holding her, rocking her at night with her pacifier, like those are moments that we want to remember as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every moment's precious. That's I've come right. to realize, and and even the hard times, you will at some point look back on and have nostalgia towards man. those late nights at 3 a.m like at our old house we used to live at a different house in loomis i remember these nights of when when we first had gia my first daughter Mm. waking up 3 a.m letting Lindsay sleep warming up the bottle and having like two hours at 3 a.m watching like i'd put on like a documentary and just sit there with gia dude and just feed her this warm little bottle and just be admiring her oh, praising dude. god for her dude and it's like it sucked waking up at three it wasn't fun yep. you know but i look back at that now and like that was such a sweet time for me yes it's, it's amazing yeah and what's cool man and you know more than i do you got two girls baby boy on the way congratulations yes, yes. but it doesn't feel like a sacrifice yeah. is it hard to get out of bed in the middle of the night of course it is you want your sleep but it doesn't feel sacrificial when it's your kid. That's good. You know? That's super and it, good. And you're there holding her. I mean, we had been praying for a baby for a while. I'd been wanting to be a dad forever. Yeah. yeah. And now that I'm holding this little butterball, I'm just going, man, you are you are God's gift to us. Yes. And that's really what she is, man. At the end of the day, God is entrusting us to steward this child. Mm-hmm. He, uh, She is her 
his child. Yes. And uh, we are just uh, trying to raise her as faithfully as we can. Yeah. And enjoying each day. Totally. Yeah. Totally day by day, man. That's how you got to take it. That's, That's so it. good. I said it's not a sacrifice. It's just like it's this parental responsibility that comes over mm. you. That's just like, it's almost innate and you're just like, let's do this, what, yeah. you know? And like, there's no guidebook or rule book to when to be a parent and you just kind of get thrown in the fire and yeah. you just figure it out, dude. Oh my gosh. And you have to your instincts. Cause when you're at the hospital and then they say all of a sudden, okay, you guys got to go home. You're going, what? Yes. <laughs> what? yes How dude. do I do this? I, I remember man, cause her family and my family, they came into town and stayed with us a few days for the first few days we had Lucy at the house. And then all of a sudden they left and it was our first night, just us three. And we look at each other with this bewildered <laughs> look going, what did we get ourselves into? But it was so cool. And those yeah. are the memories that we're going to hang on to, man. Yeah, man. And just shout out Allie one more time. And watching my wife step into motherhood has mm. been one of the greatest blessings mm. I've ever had. I mean, she's yeah. killing it. She and Lucy bff since the first moment they saw each other. That's so cool. It's dude. been a blast, man. That's so cool. Yeah. It makes you really like, it takes your marriage to a new level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird, but it's, it's really cool to just see how, I mean, females, dude, all respect to the females. They're oh just so gosh. inherently patient and loving and I mean, sacrificial. Yeah, it's, yep. it's amazing. It's, Incredible. it's really amazing. I no. think males aren't cut out for a lot of the things that females can can do. We can't. We're incapable of it. it seriously, <laughs> this dude, doesn't it's happen. It's horrible. Like if I spend a full day with my kids, it's very taxing on me. Mm. And like I have to like, I love it. Yeah. But if, if Lindsay's working and I'm with the girls all day long, by the time Lindsay gets home in the evening, I'm like, I got to go to the gym. Yep. I got to go shoot hoops or I got to go on a run or something. But... I feel like females don't, their mind doesn't get wound up like ours. It's so impressive, it's man. It's so impressive. And it's not a reflection of your love, like you're saying mm -hmm. for your kids or or me for Lucy. It's just a different capacity yeah. that I think God's given these, these incredible people to be able to mother and shepherd and love in a yes. way that is just so admirable. Yeah, man. Hmm. I want to ask you, you're a man of strong prayer, which I love about you. Um, hmm. And... I'll share something really quick when, and I'm sure you remember this, but there was a time where I was setting my watch to every 20 minutes and I was just, wow. it was reminding myself to pray, right? And you yeah. were in my classroom one day during lunch. There was <laughs> about right. like 50 kids in my classroom and my watch went off to just remind me to kind of take deep breaths and pray. And I shared that with you and you're like, let's pray. And in the middle mm -hmm. of my classroom at Delaro High School with 50 kids present, probably just hanging out in there during lunchtime, you and I sat there and you just prayed over me, dude. And I, mm. I thought that was so awesome. And I, and it just revealed to me how, how much you take prayer seriously in your life, which mm. I love. So I'm assuming you pray a lot over Lucy. Mm. What do you pray for, for her? Well, first of all, I appreciate the kind words, man. I'm just Absolutely, trying to grow man. in that every day. I have to say, I think prayer is the most natural thing in the world. Mm. You know, a lot of people, especially, you know, um, God followers, God fears, we as Christians uh, have this idea of prayer, like, oh, it has to be, you know, before meals or right before I go to bed. You know, it's a set time, which again, reminders on your phone, whatever it might be, are good things. But really, it's just communion with the divine. Yeah. And, and the more that we can embrace and come to live in the reality that God is with us and mm. ever present everywhere we go mm. at all times. And uh, we have to remember, too, that prayer is a two way street. A relationship is. Um, is built on mutual trust and reciprocity. Mm. So if, if we are simply just talking to God, I mean, he loves when we talk to him. He wants yes. to hear from us. He knows yes. our hearts. Um, but if we're not listening for a response, and sometimes uh, I also think prayer is just immersing ourselves in his presence. Yes. Of just being so astounded that the God of the universe wants to be in relationship with us. Amen. So when we obey that verse, be still and know that he is God, that's mm. actually one of the best forms of prayer we can take. Yes. But to get to your question, <laughs> there's my preface. Uh, some of the things I pray for Lucy, man, would that she would just be a woman after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. I pray for protection. Mm -hmm. I pray for divine revelation. I pray that she even now, at she's almost five months old, would grow already as a young girl into the realization of who she is as a daughter of the king, mm. that she would encounter his love, even if she can't 
cognitively connect the dots right now, you know, yes. that there's a God who, you know, Jesus came down to earth. That's all going to come. Mm -hmm. But I pray that even now that she can feel his love, mm -hmm. grow in the knowledge of her savior. And then really one of my prayers, man, is that for myself and my wife and I as parents, that we can model tangibly the love of the father to her. Amen. Because again, she is God's gift to us. So yep. our job is to be faithful to him and his call upon our lives. And that's just to simply reflect the incredible divine love that he has to her. Mm -hmm. Amen. So that's a good those point. are a few of yeah. our prayers. Yeah, dude, I totally relate to all that. I, I make it a point to, to pray over my kids often, especially if it's even if they're doing mindful mindless stuff like watching tv or if i'm just cuddling mm -hmm. them before they're going to sleep or yesterday my youngest woke up from a nap and she needed to go back down because it was only after like 20 minutes so i sat there and just rubbed her and mm -hmm. as i was rubbing her just like holy spirit enter her heart let yes. her know you protect her i pray for health for her and just just showering them yeah. with love dude and prayer and it's like man it's it's so good and it's so important and i think what you brought up about modeling it is just so important. We can't ever underestimate our roles as parents and what they're absorbing from us and simple acts like, you know, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but how you talk to your wife mm. and how yeah. you pray before dinner or just whatever it is, how you converse with people in public, they're picking up on these little signals and they're absorbing it yeah. and it's forming their subconscious of what to be like when they're older, dude. And yep. it's like, that is... It's such a huge responsibility on us and we cannot we cannot take that lightly. We yeah. can't slip up and we're going to slip up because we're human. But it's like to have that in the back of your mind as a parent is so important. It is, man. I'm learning that more and more. You know, th that makes more of an impact on them than we know. They say in the first few years of life, you learn more between, you know, from when you're born till about two, three, four years old than mm -hmm. you learn in the rest of your life. And that includes that primary education, high school, college, grad school, like any, any other uh, means of, of learning um, doesn't compare to the first few years of life. So you think about the impact that, that the love of parents has upon mm -hmm. a child, the traditions that are built within the home. I mean, it's astronomical. Yeah, man. When did you start following Jesus? Yeah, great question. So I was born into a Christian household. Um, actually raised for the few, first few years of my life on the mission field in South America. No way. Yeah. In, country? In Chile. No way. Yeah. So my parents were planting churches and raising up pastors and training them to wow. take it and go themselves. You were so, immersed early. Talk about those critical <laughs> years, dude. You're yeah. in South America planting churches. That's crazy. Dude, totally. So we moved back when I was almost four years old. And so I had a mixture of uh, Spanglish. That was really my native tongue. And so I actually had to go to language school for a while when we moved back here because I was just confused. But oh, um, awesome. man, yeah, I born into a Christian home. My dad is still a pastor today, uh, lead pastor at Sebast Sebastopol Christian Church, just a few hours away in California. And uh, my mom works part-time in the church as well and has been a teacher for years. I have one older sister. I, I mean, I'm just talking about heroes in yeah. my life. Yeah, yeah. People who have modeled what it means to love Jesus. Yes, but yes. even with that incredible blessing, and I, I realize that that is a huge blessing from God. Mm -hmm. Even with those incredible models, I had to learn what it was like to own my faith. Totally. Because again, we're all about relationship, not religion, right? Mm -hmm. So even though I went to Sunday school and learned the basics and could slay and Bible sword drill and knew, yes. knew a lot yes. of the biblical answers, I had to make my relationship with Jesus Christ my own. Yes. And that actually came in middle school. I remember it was summer camp, dude. I still remember the two themes, seventh grade, the theme was lit. So what does it mean to get your faith lit on <laughs> fire for Christ? Which is funny how that word has come around. it was lit. Yeah. Come back around, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was yeah. lit. And then the, going into eighth grade, check this out. The theme was real. Wow. And they challenged all of us, what does it mean to make your own faith real? Mm. And that was the turning point. I remember in eighth grade, I felt God was telling me, hey, you've been at a private Christian school your whole life, and that's great. That's been a blessing for me, but I want you to go to a big public school. I want to challenge you. I want you to expand mm. your horizons and meet people who are different from you and believe things that are different from you. So I talked to my parents about it, and we prayed about it, and they agreed. And those were four of the most formative years of my life. Yeah. Made some of the greatest connections 
um, and relationships built ever and challenged me in my faith, man, challenged mm. me. Mm. And I think that really just started a precedent in my life where just every day, man, when I wake up and I'm, man, far from perfect, but I just, every day I want to grow. Yeah. I want to grow a little bit more. And if, even if it's just in the small steps of learning how to be a little bit more patient, um, understanding the father's heart a little bit more, because mm. I'm not content just knowing things about God, man. I want to know God. Yeah. Amen. I want to know him, man. Mm-hmm. As Paul says in Philippians three, right? He has this incredible pedigree of all these things that he's done. If anybody had reason to boast, it was Paul. Yeah. And he actually says that himself, <laughs> right? But he says in Philippians chapter three, all these things I consider rubbish, man, they're garbage compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Mm. So for me, man, um, that's that's my goal every day is just to get to know God a little bit more. And through my stumblings and through my failures and through my setbacks and through the grace of primarily my wife, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yes. I'm just seeking to know God just a little bit more, man. And that's what I love. Like, I'm sure at some point we're going to talk about youth ministry, man, yeah. and I don't want to jump the gun, but that's what I love about students yes. is that they're, they're just energetic. They're excited about uh-huh. life. Uh-huh. We get to figure out together. I learned so much from them what it means to yes. follow Jesus, what it means to um, pursue his best for our lives, yeah. what yeah. it means to put others first, man. It's so fun. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah. You brought up, and I love to ask believers who come on the podcast this because I think it's super important and I love the insight that comes from it, but you brought up God speaking to you and kind of leading you towards Mm. a public school and whatnot, and I'm sure, and you were young when that happened, you said eighth grade, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I'm sure you you experienced God calling you to do things all the time. What, What does it look like to discern the will or the voice of God? Or, or can you give some examples of when you felt led and how you know that it is from the Lord or that you are being led? Oh, that's a great question, man. And uh, what I'm going to say comes through a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes yeah. through a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, but I believe that God speaks to us in some key primary ways. First of all, I just want everybody to know that I have never heard audibly the voice of God, mm-hmm. but I hear God all the time. Mm. Um, I believe that God's will is found in God's word. So the number one man is just the Bible. It's yeah. our final authority, man. Yeah. Um, divinely inspired 66 books that really at the end of the day, the Bible is God's love letter to us. Mm. A lot of people think it's this old, outdated, archaic book, irrelevant for our everyday lives. And I could not disagree with that more. Yeah. I just believe it is the living word inspired by God uh, through the instrumentation of humans that pen those words and it is our our mm-hmm. direction, our guide for everyday life. Mm. Um, if you want to know the character of God, the heart of God, uh, His will and purpose for your life, just crack open the Bible. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, I actually believe this happens all the time, man. That God speaks to us through people, through conversations, yes. um, through huge. insights. It's big, man. For my life, that has been oh, just so true. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been. I, I be. I'm encouraged by people all the time. I'm challenged by people constantly. And just being able to um, see God's grace uh, through his words given through people mm-hmm. has just That's been so phenomenal. Good. Also, man, t- uh, for me, God speaks through creation. So yes. I know you and I share a love for the outdoors. Yes, and creation, admiration. Out. That's it. Creation, <laughs> admiration. Just getting out and, and going on a run or going to the mountains. You know, last week yes. we took uh, Lucy to Truckee for the first time up near Tahoe and, mm. and just went on a trail hike and, and standing by the lake and just remembering how good God is. Yeah. But really, um, it's in the stillness, I think, where he speaks the loudest. Yeah. And so being able to, um, slow down from the busyness of life and just be reminded that God's got it. You know, Psalm 19 is one of my favorite passages, right? Creation proclaims the handiwork of God. Yes. It's just beautiful. Um, and then as far as discerning his leading, what's interesting about that man is I have found myself in places numerous times, probably copious times in life, where I am really trying to figure out, God, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want in this situation? Yeah, yeah. And here's the deal. As believers, right, if you have a moral compass, if there's an option, if you have multiple options in front of you and you know one is good um, and another one is bad, right? It might, be, it might be sinful. You just know it's not good for you or anyone else. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt other people. Well, with wisdom and maturity, you grow in learning how to sift away the bad and Mm -hmm. choose the good. Yes. But what happens when there's 10 good options in front of you? Yes. What happens when none of them are sinful, all of them are beneficial, and you're going, God, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. 
well, here's the deal, man. I don't think God often speaks by dropping a neon sign from heaven. It'd be great if the star always fell on Bethlehem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unfortunately, it'd be so nice and convenient. But that's just not often how he speaks. Yeah. The amazing thing about God is that God is love. Love is from God, First John. And love is selfless. Love beckons a choice. When God created us, he created us with free will. So oftentimes, I believe God is saying, if these are good options in front of you, first of all, recognize they came from me. Yes. Second of all, pick one. Uh-huh. Pick one. I've created you uh-huh. uniquely. I've created you with passions and gifts and desires. I'm always going to be faithful to you. You need to be faithful to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember even in, you know, when I, uh, Allie and I, my wife and I got graduated. Um, I'm sorry, I got married after right after we graduated from undergrad college, Azusa Pacific. And we had been together for a long time. By the way, I asked my wife to uh, freshman homecoming in high school. Wow. Crazy, man. That's Sorry, I'm going to awesome. yeah, no, just rabbit it. trail just for a second. I love that. We were friends in middle school, went to different high schools, but grew up in the same youth ministry down in Southern California. And I asked her to freshman homecoming and we haven't looked back since. <laughs> that is so awesome. Now I'm a knucklehead and uh, got caught up in some things and, and she has been so gracious for me and we got our own story. But dude, uh, we've been together a long time. So we got married right after we graduated from college. And I remember I was so fearful and so uh, concerned about what the future was gonna look like. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of different options uh, for grad school. I wanted to go to seminary. And I remember there were two primarily that were in front and I just could not figure out which one it was. Mm-hmm. And it really came one of my, it came to one of my mentors in college who said to me, Ty, God has given you a couple of options. He's giving you free will. Just understand, he's always going to be faithful to you, so pick one. Yeah. And you're getting married, so you're dying to yourself. You need to to talk to your future wife about this, but you guys pick one together. Make this joint decision and trust that God's going to be with you. Mm -hmm. He's going to be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that just gave me so much peace, man. And Mm -hmm. now let me say this. It is easier said than done. Yes. A whole lot easier said than done. Just (laughs) the other night I was facing these two really good choices going, ah, which one is it? Yeah. God, can you just tell me? Yeah. Um, I remember even when, when Lucy was born, man, just less than five months ago and Allie, gosh, she's such a trooper. She's my hero, but her labor was hard. It was over 30 hours. Um, she, she had progressed, you know, she was getting close to 10 centimeters dilating, getting ready for natural birth. And then it just stalled for hours. It just halted at eight and a half centimeters and they induced Pitocin and that actually made Lucy's heart rate drop. And so we were scared and from hours in that hospital room, man, it was just some of the most brutal hours of my life. And we were just praying for direction, praying for direction. God, do we keep going down this route or should we have a C-section? And as soon as we made the decision, man, after a lot of prayer and people's prayer over us, we just had this peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah. And I really feel like when we have these options in front of us, God will give us oftentimes divine counsel. He'll give us people to speak wisdom into Mm -hmm. our lives. But oftentimes he's just waiting for us to make a decision and trust that he's going to be there with us no matter what. Yeah. Dude, so much good stuff there. I want to jump back to the Bible. Yeah. Because, I I mean, I've, I've made this point quite a few times on the podcast as well, is that the Bible, if you take away all the dogma and all of... Mm. All of the things that people associate with the Bible that aren't necessarily necessarily believers, um, it's a great handbook for life. Yeah. If you take away just the whole spiritual aspect of it, it's it's still just like all of the principles that it teaches of loving your neighbor um, as you love yourself, or treat others as you want to be treated, or you know all these different things. is It's so applicable, and it makes life so much better. Being present in the moment yep. and uh, all this stuff, man, it's, it's just such a great book. But what does your Bible practice look like? Do you try and get into a, a particular book and read through it? Or you kind of jump around playing Bible roulette, as they call it? Like, <laughs> yeah, what, totally. what does it look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, for me, uh, typically, I like routine. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's hard for me to break out of that, which God's teaching me yeah. uh, the, yeah. the pros and the health benefits of that. Um, but for me, man, if I had it my way, 
I would wake up early, get a nice good cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and just crack open the word. Yeah. So what specifically am I reading? Uh, Last year with a group of friends from our church, I went through the Bible reading plan in a year, Mm. which is, which was fantastic. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Um, The danger in reading the Bible in a year is that it can become um, obligatory. Okay. It, uh, for me, I'm a hard, big time three on the Enneagram. Yeah. And so achiever, performer. Yes. Yes. So for me, it felt so good to check off that daily, you know, reading. <laughs> yeah. on, off my list yeah. and, and be like, okay, I'm good for the day. Yeah. And that's really where God was teaching me a lot. Hey, Ty, I, I'm not here just to commune with you once in the morning. Um, I'm here to be with you all throughout the day. And if you're going to base your relationship with me off of how much you read in a morning, you're missing it. It's almost like he would rather have me not do it. Mm. Cause I'm, I'm going to hurt myself in the process because my relationship with him will be based upon my performance and not his perfection. Yes. And I'm going to hurt others along the way too. So again, I'm so glad I did it. It taught me a lot. I had great conversation with my friends about it and he was teaching me grace along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year I just decided to slow the pace down a little bit, mm-hmm. which again, if you know me, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> I like to get things done um, and move ahead. But for me, I really wanted to focus more this year on uh, memorization. Yeah. Just taking, um, just taking, even if it's just a couple of verses or mm-hmm. one verse a day and meditating on it. Mm. Um, like today in Colossians 3, man, I was reading and this one verse dug out to me where Paul's talking about the supremacy of Jesus Christ and talks about how he says this phrase, he, so that God created him, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, God created all things under him so that he could have first place in everything. And I just love that phrase. And I'm going, Jesus, you are first place. I know you're first place, but I don't always live like you're first place. Yes. A lot of times I try to be first place. Mm -hmm. So I actually stopped in the middle of my reading, man, and just started praying, Lord, what does it look like for for you to be first place in everything? Mm. In my mind, in my practice, in my relationships, in all of it. Yeah, And so that's just one example of um, what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Megan Fate Marshman, one of my favorite communicators and, and speakers, especially for youth. Uh, she was at her summer camp this year, just a few weeks ago. And she started talking about uh, how she was chatting with some of the children at her church um, in sixth graders yeah. and how these sixth graders were just blowing her mind and challenging her in the best of ways. And she asked one <laughs> of these boys, what, what, uh, how does your relationship with God look? And, and he said, well, you know, when I was reading, you know, I was planning on finishing this chapter. This is like a, an 11, 12 year old boy, <laughs> by the way. And he goes, and then I read this verse that stuck out to me. So I stopped and I started talking to God about it. And that just took up the rest of my time with him. Uh-huh. And she went, wait, you didn't finish the rest of the chapter. And he went, no, because God was speaking to me in this verse. So I just started to meditate on it. I started to let him talk to me. And she went, oh my gosh, you do not equate a relationship with God based upon how much you read in his word or how much you do for him. You're actually doing it to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And you believe that in that he's going to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And I literally at summer camp with hundreds of students in the room, I just felt like she was speaking that word to me. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot to learn in that, man. But those are some of the things I'm learning. That's all good, though, man. That's all good. Yeah, I, I mean, I have, I've had some friends approach me because they see that I'm fairly strong in my faith. And they say, like, what's going on? How, I don't know where to begin hmm. with Christianity and where to begin with following God or going to church or whatever. And they think there's kind of like some rules or hmm. some procedure that they need to follow and there's definitely a, a place for confessing sin and asking Lord, the Lord Jesus into your heart. But yeah. my response is is commonly, it's just a relationship, man. Just start talking. Just start talking to him. That's it. Lord, just lead me. I want to find you, God. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says, seek and you will find. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's just a relationship. Just Heck seek yeah. him. Just talk with him. Pour out your heart. And... And he's going to lead you. Yeah. He's going to lead you. One of my favorite things, man, because I am a high school pastor, is helping our students practice prayer. Because mm. a lot of people, not just students, adults too, have this idea of prayer. Like, oh, it has to be formalized yes. words and yes. structured sentences. And it's like, no way. Yeah. Just yeah. just speak honestly. Yeah. And even if you don't know what to say, just be still for a few moments. Yes. And, and listen to God and um, and be honest. Yes. Hey, 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 God. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing See, wrong with starting prayer that way. Totally. Hey, God, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. How's it going? Nick here. This is what I'm feeling. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, I think there's a lot of truth in that, a lot of good in that. Yeah. What else do you love about youth ministry? Well, so oh, can man. you just share what you do right now? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm one of the high school pastors at Bayside Church in Sacramento, California. And uh, we have a large team and some of my best friends I get to work with every day. But um, and yeah. I'll say that based, you guys are doing it right. You guys have a lot going on, man. Such an Thanks, awesome man. church and all the events. You've invited me to a couple things. And my daughter went to Breakaway, which is a little summer camp this this year, this yeah. summer. And it's like everything that I experience at Bayside is just because you guys have a ton of resources, a ton mm. of people um, attending there. And it's like, man, everything that is done there is so well done. And it's all for the kingdom. And I... And I, I tell people this often because I think there's there's some misconceptions about Bayside around here, if I'm yeah. being honest. Oh, people yeah, sure. will say like, oh, Bayside is just a mega church and people there aren't super strong. I've heard that before. And I'm like, dude, say what you guys want, but Bayside is expanding the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know? And that it's just a fact. It's a fact. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Very kind words. We're lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. We all are, man. So we are just trying to grow every single day. By the grace of God, we do believe that he's given us an opportunity to help expand his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And so uh, just to let you know, man, I, I don't know if I probably told you at one time, but we've been at Bayside now for just over four years. We hit four years in July. Uh, we moved here in July 2015. Before that, I was at a small church mm. doing middle school and high school ministry at a small church in LA. And moving to Bayside was definitely a transition. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember when my wife and I first flew up to interview and just get to know people, uh, we were very mindful of not only Bayside size, but their impact. And we didn't want to be uh, swayed or make a decision based upon you know how impressed we were with the lights and the show because we wanted to get to see mm-hmm. the heart behind Bayside. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding, man. The very first time we visited, we were blown away by the humility of the pastors, the senior leadership team, the staff, their kids, how much they loved each other, how they supported one another. I mean, Pastor Ray Johnston and all of our, we have four senior pastors, Lincoln Brewster, Lincoln Brewster, Kurt Harlow, Andrew McCourt, and Pastor Ray, just some of the greatest people you'll ever meet. Mm. And the staff and their kids and the family at Bayside reflects that. Yeah. So such, every church is imperfect, man, because it's full totally. of imperfect people. But exactly. we are just striving to follow Christ uh, yeah. more closely. Mm. So yeah, for us, man, every day is an adventure. Yeah. It really is. We have a lot to learn, but I am so grateful that I get to every day wake up and serve at a place that puts people first. Yeah. That's what that's probably what I love more about Bayside than anything is that they prioritize people over programs every single time. Mm-hmm. There's great services, great events, great outreaches that they put on, but it's always for people because that's what Jesus was for. He was mm-hmm. always for people. Yeah, what does that look like being for people? How can you tell that it's for people and not for events? How can you speak to that? Yeah, one of the unique characteristics of Bayside is a little more behind the scenes look is mm-hmm. that um we are open to adjusting and changing things at the very last minute. <laughs> so uh, just even being able to help with, help out with uh, communicating and announcements on the weekend sometimes at our campus. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not uncommon for 30 seconds before we go out there to give our announcements for somebody to say, hey, we're changing this up or we're actually gonna head this direction or why don't you do this when you go out there? Mm. And I'm not gonna lie, when I first came here, that was new. Yeah. I had never seen that done before, especially you think of... of you know, Bayside um, and the impact that it has, you're going, man, everything's got to be polished and dialed in weeks in advance. And uh, man, there's a ton of prayer and planning that goes into it, but they, uh, because they prioritize people, if even if they step into the room when worship is going on and they say, no, this is where the people are at right now, or this is where the spirit of God wants to lead. um, They are willing to adjust on the fly Mm. to make sure that they're meeting people where they're at. They're not tied to the notes or the outline or um, whatever it might be the agenda for that night or that morning. They're saying, no, we're going to reach people. Just being led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit, totally. Some of the most Spirit-led people I've ever met in my life. Mm. And, And being able to to invite voices, numerous voices into the room to get feedback. I mean, that's one of the first things we noticed, man, was was, the first service we ever came to, Pastor Ray uh, Johnson and Kurt Harlow tag-teamed the message, which I love. That is not uncommon at Bayside, team teaching. And we get into the back room, 
and they both of them go, okay, how can we do better? What did you guys see? What do, what do you advise that we take away? What do you want to add? Um, and they adjusted on the fly. The next service started in 15 minutes and there they went. That's so cool. And you know what? That was really the first time where I said, I want to be at a place like that. Yeah. I want to be at a place like that. Plus there's just so much um, giving back that they do besides just one of the most generous places I've ever been at. Mm -hmm. um, they give so much away, not just uh, globally around the world, which that is large, yeah, um, but is. to the local community, mm -hmm. you know, the schools, the, the um, families in our area, um, all over, man. Yeah. It's incredible. All love for me, for, for Bayside, man. Well, thank where, you. Those are kind words. Yeah, man. It's, it's a fantastic place. And, and to hear you share that is, is super cool because to see that humility, that comes from, you know, like you shared, those two pastors going back there and getting people to give them feedback. It's probably not positive feedback. Yeah. There's probably a little bit, but to be in a place where it's not like this is because Ray Johnson founded this church. He's, yeah. you know, he's big balling. And once that's, you know, <laughs> like this dude founded this church and started it, I think at Granite Bay High School was their yeah. first spot and grew it to be this giant church. You know, from an outsider's perspective, he has all the rights to walk into that back room and be like, and you know, seclude yep. himself and say like, killed it, you know, like, and not invite any feedback or anything, which that would be a prideful thing to do. But the fact that he's still doing his thing and inviting people to give him feedback and say like, how can we make, you know, that, that just reveals the heart of it. Dude. It does, it's, man. It shows his heart on full display. Totally. Yeah. Bayside actually started at Green Hills Elementary. Then they moved to uh, Granite Bay High School. And then, you know, they bought this property and, yeah. and God supplied the funds to build the campus. But I will tell you a common theme, man. I have a lot of local uh, youth pastors that are friends of mine at different churches in the mm -hmm. area, like Bridgeway and Destiny mm -hmm. and The Rock. And it's incredible, man, because a common uh, thing that I've heard over and over was, yeah, you know, different people from our church have thought certain things about Bayside or even I've thought certain mm -hmm. things about Bayside. And then all of a sudden I went to one of your conferences yes. or I got to talk to Pastor Ray or I met Kurt or Andrew in the lobby. Yeah. And all of a sudden I realized that everything I had thought was wrong. Yeah. These are just real people who totally. love Jesus and are trying to make his name known. Mm. And I, I think it's great, man. That's for it's me, good. that just models relationships in general yeah. as a whole, man. We got to, we have to start breaking down these walls and remove our pride and prejudices of exactly. what we think about people yes. and just engage in real life conversations. Yeah. Do you, yeah, because that stigma is there and I've heard very <clears throat> similar things. And I think part of it too is the fact that it's in Granite Bay, California. Yes. And that there's a lot of money typically mm -hmm. in Granite Bay. So people associate. It, the church of just being this ritzy place who puts on these crazy concerts because you have superstars. You have Lincoln Brewster who's on the radio who sold, <laughs> yeah. you know, for all I know, tens of millions of songs and albums or whatever. Yeah. And he's, I mean, you go to your Christmas um, services and there's like 20 of them and they're all super awesome. But yep. yeah, I, th I think that people, like you said, is this pride and prejudice that comes from people and they, they just judge it and they, they think like, oh, it's, it's not for me. They're not, it's prideful over there or it's all about money over there. But it's like, no, you guys are using what God's blessed you with to expand the kingdom. Yeah. You have 20 Christmas services, <laughs> you know, you have all like the conference that you invited me to this summer with Louis Palau. Yeah. Louis Palau. Yeah. You yeah, got a Thrive dude, Conference. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That the, the setting up and the logistics that went behind that conference blew me away dude. oh that team is phenomenal blew me away phenomenal here's the deal man we do live in a predominantly affluent area and with that of course comes things like entitlement and materialism mm -hmm. and you know the list goes on but with that as well comes an opportunity for unending generosity yes and being able to break into these people's worlds and lives who many of them don't know what it's like to have a real relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they realize it and start understanding that the kingdom of God is alive and here and mm -hmm. present and the opportunity to impact this world for him becomes actualized. Yeah. Man, there's such a difference that is made. Yeah. The impact that they can make and under and being able to choose and prioritize, okay, I'm gonna put, you know, my paycheck towards this instead of that. Mm. Right. I'm going to prioritize people instead of these things in my life. I'm going to put my family first and not my job or career ahead of them. Mm -hmm. Um, being able to see that change happen 
is amazing, mm-hmm. is amazing. Here's the deal, man. God has given Bayside um, such a platform. And I say that in the most humble terms. He's given yeah. us an opportunity to reach um, a wide array of people. Yeah. But we, what I love about the leadership at Bayside is we are not willing, we don't, we're not going to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. That's a gift from God. Exactly. So if we didn't take that gift seriously and try to steward it as faithfully as we could, we'd actually be doing a disservice to totally, the kingdom. Totally, dude. And, and we're going to be faithful to that till the day we die. Absolutely. I mean, that translates to, to <clears throat> us individually as well. It's to know what you're blessed with and what you're competent with is super important. And you can, you can know those things and be confident in those things and leverage those things without pride. Yeah. You can have pride and do it in an arrogant way. But to know that Tyler Sweeney is very good with the youth and high schoolers and outgoing and passionate and that they like him, that is something that you need to use to leverage the kingdom and to expand the kingdom and to leverage for God's glory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not prideful on your end to know that. Mm. It's not prideful for Bay- Bayside to know that they're blessed and that they have a ton of resources and do these things. Like that that translates to individuals and that's huge to to know what you are good at, know what Nick Carlisle's good at, know what Tyler's good at, know what Joe is good at and leverage those things. Embrace it, be yes. humble in it, thank God for it. And go full force that direction yeah. for the kingdom. Yep. Not for your own personal glory, but for the kingdom. Oh, I couldn't have said that better myself. I think at some point we all have to come to the decision and make this choice. Am I going to allow what others think of me rule and dictate my life? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to take God's call upon my life? Mm general call, but also specifically in this time and place where he has me and my family. Am I going to take that seriously and prioritize that above all else? Yeah. Cause that's where freedom comes, man. Dude. When you just let the shackles go and the constraints of other people's opinions, let them fall to the ground and say, I'm just going to live my life as faithfully to God as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to them. They're going to mm-hmm. have some good things to say that I need to hear, yeah. but I'm not going to let their opinions and expectations of me dictate my behavior. Yes. I'm going to live unabashedly as David did in the Old Testament. I'm going to dance for God, even if it makes me look like a fool mm-hmm. in front of other people. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, man, here's my passion coming out a little yes. bit. I'm walking high school campuses every single week, right? School's back in session. Can't wait to get back out there. I'll be at Del Oro this week. We got you know Granite Bay, Roseville High, Oakmont High. High school, just some phenomenal opportunities to reach students for Jesus. And that's it, man. When I'm walking these campuses, there's hundreds, thousands of students that I've never met. Here's the deal. It's not about me meeting them. It's about them meeting Jesus. Mm. The opportunity is right, man. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord to send the workers out into the harvest field. So for me, I'm going, if there is opportunity yeah. for just one more student to believe that there's a God above who is real, who loves them and has a plan for their life. Mm-hmm. If that opportunity is there, then I will move heaven and earth. I will do whatever it takes yes. to try to reach that student. Yeah. And here's the next level of leadership. Who else can I bring with me? And I'm mm-hmm. telling you this humbly, man, because God is teaching me so much in this area. It's not about me trying to reach all these students. I can't reach all these students. Mm-hmm. Nick, you have a phenomenal ministry at Delaware High School, uh, an incredible teacher. Like you said, I've been in your classroom. I've watched mm-hmm. you do your thing. I, I listen to how our students talk about you, dude. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun because I know they love you. <laughs> Thank you. But at the end of the day, we can't reach all these students. Mm-mm. So who else are we bringing with us? Yeah. Who, who are, how are we going to multiply ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Jesus, when he sent out the disciples, sent them out in pairs, two by twos. Could he have done it all by himself? Could he have had an impact? He had a phenomenal impact, had the biggest impact of all. But largely, that impact came through the people that he unleashed to go out and be the presence of God and, Mm -hmm. and to love this world. So for me, I'm looking at these schools and I'm going, as long as God has me here, Mm -hmm. I will use every day and try to live it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. because there's people that need Jesus. Yeah. Are some of them connected to the church? Yeah, definitely. Are a lot of them not connected to the local church yet? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do they all know that Jesus loves them? No, they all don't know that. So I will keep going. Dude, I will keep working. Awesome. That's so encouraging, man. At least I try. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. Just got to do our best. Yep. What you said about the freedom that comes with yeah. releasing all of these things that we bind ourselves up with of people's opinions and 
you know, mostly that's what it is, people's opinions, yeah. and just following God and doing what, what He's calling us to do and, and what we feel led to do is like, there's so much freedom with that. When I, I go on this this trail run, I speak about this all the time, so people are probably annoyed, but I'm going <laughs> to say it again. I go on this trail by my house and I run it and I and I pray on that trail and it's not it's not a super long prayer. It's usually just a couple words and a lot of it's just like, lead me lord as i'm running i have a rhythm going with my breath and my feet and i just get in this meditative state where i'm totally immersed in the present moment and i feel connected with god and it's like lord lead me today lead me in like this morning when i was running it was like lord lead me in this conversation with tyler so that your your kingdom expands and that your glory is shown Amen. or a constant thing i say is my story for your glory lord lead yeah, me. my that. story for your glory or like JP, we were talking about JP, Jonathan Pakluda. He, mm. he likes to say, let your mess be your message. Just like mm. follow what God is calling you to do. And if you live unabashedly that way, then nothing else matters. And, and you will not be conflicted with all these earthly things that conflict us. Yeah. Causing all this anxiety that we face, all this depression that we face. It all stems from that stuff. That's it, man. It totally does. One of my favorite lines from John the Baptist, he must become greater. I must become less. Yes. And that's something that I'm trying to constantly pray for and live out. Yes. But you're right, man. I mean, I'm just going to say this. One of my favorite books that I've read recently, my wife and I read it together just a few months ago, is uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Yes, I got it by right Peter here. Cesare. You got it. Yes, Perfect. Right so many times, multiple times in each chapter, I was so convinced that he wrote this book just for me, <laughs> just for Tyler Sweeney, yeah. because I needed to hear it so bad. And at the end of the day, my biggest takeaway from that book was just live into your true self. Yes. Don't try to live and be someone else. Just live in your true self and love your true self. Yes. And trust that this is the way that God has made you. And dude, this is something that we preach from stage mm -hmm. and we tell people in small groups and we train our leaders on, but is it a message that we ourselves have internalized yeah. and, and realized and believed in? Man, I, I tell you what, I, I was at a small church in LA with about 150 people, 200 people on Easter Sunday, if we were lucky. <laughs> and then come into Bayside, I tell you what, man, the spirit of comparison was strong. Mm. And comparison was something that I, I struggled with for a long time. And as one wise person said, comparison is the thief of all joy. Mm -hmm. And for the first six months or so of me being at Bayside, all I did, not all I did, but a lot of what I did was look around me and say, man, I'm not as good as her. Mm. I can't speak like he does. I can't lead like she does. And it was exhausting. Yeah. It was torture. Yeah. And finally, there was this breakthrough moment where God used some people to pray over me and speak into my life and say, Ty, stop. Mm -hmm. Stop caring about that, man. Mm -hmm. God has created you. You know what? Yeah. You guys didn't move up to Northern California. God moved you guys up to NorCal. This yes. is home. He has called you up here. So let go and live life fully. Yes. And that's where freedom came. Yeah, man. And that's that's our passion for all of our students, man, is that they would just live this full, free-filled life that God has given them. Yes. Because one of my one of my friends has this actually tattooed on his arm. It says, their path is not my route. And wow. I think that's so good. It's like, like you can come to Bayside and you can compare yourself to all these people doing all these things. And all those things are probably awesome and good, but your path is not their route. That's right. The, God is going to use you in a different way to work synergistically with what they are doing. Yeah. And it's going to be that much more powerful and make Bayside that much of a better place. That's right. But knowing part of the key to all this is knowing yourself and yeah. who you are. And that is, it's easy to say like, be yourself and do your thing and, you know, follow God and whatever, but you have to know who you are and you have to know your competencies. And that's why, you know, be still and know that I am God and, yes. and reducing that to just be still, you know, you've mm. seen people do that on social media. They'll be still and know, be still, be. So they'll, they'll bring it all the way back down and we got to be still every once in a while and be alone by ourselves. It's part of the spiritual disciplines and, and just spend some time with yourself and sift right. through your thoughts and be able to identify the poison that's invading your body or consuming your body or these, these poisonous thought pathways that you've created, you know, you've, you've created into your brain. Yeah. Like you've got to be able to realize these things and, and identify what is truth, what is good, what is from the Lord. And then what has been 
created from the world and what has been just ingrained into your brain from worldly desires or aspirations or whatever it is and be able to separate the two. And that's why I'm super big into mindfulness, dude. I've, I'm very big into mm. just sitting down and focusing on my breath and I'm really starting to see the fruit of it because it creates space between me and my thoughts. Like mm. I was telling my wife this yesterday, in the past I feel like I was one with my thoughts. Nick Carlisle was my thoughts. We're just like this sphere together. But as I've practiced mindfulness and been able to sit down, meditate on the word or just focus on my breath and kind of look at my thoughts, observe my thoughts, I've created this space and to do two different spheres of me and then my thoughts. My thoughts are not necessarily truth. My thoughts are are just thoughts. Mm. They just populate. And okay, so as I'm sitting back, I, I observe them and I don't necessarily judge them, but it's like, hmm, that's weird that my brain just populated that thought. Yeah. It's not rooted in God's word. Like right. what in the world is that coming from? Oh, it's these patterns and this sinful life that led me to think that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so just, I don't know, figuring out who you are yes. and being able to identify poison that lives inside of you and then separate yourself from it is super important. And it's yeah. a practice. It is a practice. It's a daily practice that we all must embody. One of the things you said, Nick, you just hit it right on the head, man, was be. Mm-hmm. And I think just being, not doing, not performing, Mm-hmm. not excelling, mm-hmm. just being, is one of the things that scares our generation the most, is just mm. being still. Yeah. Because in a world and a culture, man, where we are inundated with information all the time, mm-hmm. we do not, and I say we because Tyler Sweeney, yep. most of the time, does not know, is not comfortable with what it's like to simply be. Mm-hmm. Be still. Not to be doing something, not to be watching something, not to be reading something, but just being still. Mm -hmm. And like you said, man, there's so much health. There's so much beauty that lies there. There's so much uh, right now, man, anxiety and stress levels have, and depression rates have never been higher amongst our adolescents than it is today Mm -hmm. in any generation. And the, the stats are astronomical. I mean, skyrocketing, man. I've seen people compare it to the draft days, like Vietnam, like World War II type days, and wow. that it's like the youth are more stressed out and anxious than cats who are about to be shipped over to Vietnam. Yeah, man, and you're seeing it all over, and part of it is because they have so much that's in their face every day, on their screens, mm-hmm. on their phones. Uh, the the expectations of adults and the generations that have gone before them, expectations to get into the best college. Now, mm-hmm. dude, when I you know when I was in high school, which wasn't you know super long ago, I'm 29 years old, but AP classes were becoming a norm. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's almost this expectation where if you're not taking at least some AP courses, yep. you're failing. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Okay, you're going to go to community college. Why are you not applying to a four-year school straight out of high school? We're not even going to talk about college debt because we don't have enough time to get yeah. into it. But yeah. it's imprisoning so many of our adolescents, man. And the stress levels and anxiety and depression that comes out of it, man, is just horrific. Mm-hmm. But what if we were to be free? Mm-hmm. What if we were freed up to say, hey, maybe school, formalized school, isn't my thing. Yeah. That's okay. Totally. It's okay. There are so many other options. God's created me the way he's created me on purpose for a purpose. I know who I am because I know whose I am and I Mm. can be free to be me. Mm -hmm. One of my best friends, man, is this guy, Brian Lindgren up. He's a youth pastor up in Washington at this church called New Life. And uh, Brian has this phrase where he says, we can both PR. And what he means by that is so oftentimes in a race, man, like if we're, if we're competing with each other in a race, man, there's only one winner, right? As Ricky Bobby says, if you ain't first, you're last. And that's how so many people live their lives, right? I have to beat you. Mm -hmm. And if I don't beat you, then I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. Well, the way that Brian lives his life, it's always amazed me. I'm striving to get better at this is no, no, we can both PR. Yeah. You can set a personal record. I can set a personal record. We can set a personal record every day for the kingdom of God. What if that was our normal reality Mm. where we said, we're going to go together. Again, one of my favorite African proverbs is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I say that laughing like I don't know a whole lot of African proverbs, but one of my favorite lines that is an African proverb is that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. 
And that's such a challenge for me because the way that I'm wired, Tyler Sweeney, my human flesh comes in and says, no, I want to be better than that person. Mm -hmm. I want to make, take more ground than that person. But what if we all PR, PR'd? Mm -hmm. How much clearer and more real would the kingdom of God become in this world's life? Yeah. People's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Just a challenge for me, man. That is a challenge, especially, Oof. yeah, I, I can totally relate to that, but yeah, there's goodness in it. Yeah. There's goodness in it and there's no ill will towards other people. And yeah, something you brought, you, you touched on education a little bit and as a young teacher, dude, like, man, I, I feel like we're on the brink of something, mm. um, you know, with all this anxiety and depression and information and constantly, constantly being inundated by, you know, social media and all these things. We're, we're starting to see the negative effects and I feel like something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but it's like, wow, my place as a teacher, what, what can I do? And I've thought recently, like maybe I should do mindful. I'm a technology teacher. Yeah. Maybe I should do mindfulness Mondays. Maybe have 20 minutes of mindfulness and be, and I don't know if I can get fired for that. I'm probably going to have parents <laughs> coming through and saying like, what, like Why not try? Buddhist practice are you teaching my kid? You know what I'm saying? But there would like, be that response. Totally. From some people. Totally. But it's like, man, we need something needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And the the whole education system right now of like, like you said, the AP classes and passing all these state tests and all the data and all the numbers, it seems like that's only catering to a select group of students. And so many kids are missing out on emotional intelligence and, mm -hmm. you know, trade skills and stuff like that. And that's something that I, I mean... I really try and integrate into my curriculum is emotional intelligence. Like, I don't care if you, if you know, Y equals MX plus B, if you're unhappy, if yeah. you're unhappy, you're not going to contribute positively to the world. And That's if you right. don't have emotional intelligence, you are, you're not going to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. You're, and you're going to be miserable and I don't want you to be miserable. So let's first start with the basics and focus on how to identify thoughts as thoughts and focus on your true self and having some emotional intelligence, having humility, having empathy, loving others, you know, and then let's learn Y equals MX plus B yep. or Photoshop or video production or something like that because all that stuff. And I tell my students this usually the last day of that I have them. I'm like, I kind of wrap it all up. Like guys, I, I do these quote of the days with you and I do these exercises with you and I share these stories with you and these anecdotes and stuff like that with you because I want you to have a good life and knowing, I don't care if you are the dopest graphic designer in the world, if you are not emotionally intelligent and if you're not able to control your thoughts and, mm. and be who you are, your life is going to suck. Yep. And I tell them that I don't want your life to suck and I don't care if you have a 4.8 GPA, mm. like that's cool. That's going to help you, you know, in your vocation or whatever. But if you're going to be miserable yeah. if you if you can't learn these things. And I think that's where education needs to go, needs to start going. Yeah. I saw this principal in Baltimore. Um, she is starting to, with young elementary school students, their detention is mindfulness. And their um, rates of expulsion and suspension and incidents has dropped drastically. Hmm. And I've actually reached out to her. I want to get her on the podcast, but we'll see if that happens. But I think stuff like that, like things are starting to happen and we're starting to realize that it's not just about Y equals MX plus B. It's not, it's not at all, man. As Pastor Ray often says, don't let school get in the way of your education. <laughs> and for yes. me, when I first heard that, yes. I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> but I love the heart behind it because, yeah. man, again, we're lifelong learners. Yeah. And so oftentimes in our culture, we think that school is the end all in education. Mm -hmm. And it's not. So, Nick, if you were able to, which I know you do, but even more so, integrate emotional and mental health into your, your everyday classroom, man, yeah. um, that is education mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And being able to blend uh, those two and have them become this seamless educational mm -hmm. system, um, I'm all for. Yeah. You might get a couple conversations with parents, but let me <laughs> yes, tell you, in youth ministry, I have a couple conversations with parents, <laughs> and it's worth it, man. Yeah, yeah. It is worth it. But I, th I think there's so much, uh, so much to be had there. I'm yeah. really excited for... Um, I'm really excited about this generation, man. Mm. You know, just if, if people aren't aware, the, the youth that we get to work with today, um, they're identified as Gen Z, right? Okay. So where you and I, I believe would be millennials. Yep. You're a millennial, I'm yep. a millennial. Born roughly 1980, 1984 to 1995. Um, Gen Z is 1995 to 2010. There's actually a okay. new generation, Generation Alpha, 
which alpha. I recently learned about. Dang, that's a sick name. I wish I was alpha. It's cool, right? I know. I want to be alpha. <laughs> um, and they're, they're the little guys and the little girls of today. But Gen Z are the adolescents of today. And uh, what Gen Z right now, uh, some of the great things that characterize them are their community focus. Right. They just want they're total includers. Yeah. They want everybody in the room and they love dialoguing. They want to share ideas. Part of that is because of um, they are first, uh, you know, technology for them is mm. is just first nature. So they, you know, constantly, most of them have their iPhones in front of them. Their information overload, right, often does mm -hmm. characterize Gen Z as well. But they're going to sift through a hundred different op options and extract the five best ones, mm. right? Where that is a new opportunity given to this generation that most generations before didn't have. So they want to bring everyone to the table, share ideas, and then talk about pragmatically which ones are the best yeah. and why, which ones are going to benefit most people in society. There's so much good to be had there. So Nick, I would just encourage you in your classroom, man, dialogue it with your students because yeah. they want to talk about it. Yeah. They want to talk about it. They may not be able to clearly articulate right now why they're hurting on the inside or why so many of their friends and family members are suffering internally, uh -huh. but they want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And to get to the heart of that issue, I think is going to allow a lot of these students in this generation to live in the freedom that God has desired for them. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I we need to tag team more in in my classroom. Oh, I'm let's start do it. Bringing you in, we'll figure out something this year and make some stuff happen. I'll uh, be an honor, man. Yeah. I love what you do. Yeah, thank you, brother. We just did an hour, man. That went by super. That was an quick. hour. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it yeah. felt like ten minutes. I know that's a good <laughs> sign. I got some rapid fire questions. Yeah, you. dude. If you could only tweet one thing and it was guaranteed to be seen by the world, mm. what would it say? Gosh, that's a great question. God is crazy in love with you and it has nothing to do with what you do, but simply because of who you already are. Mm. Did that fit in a tweet? Yes. I think that's less than 212 characters. <laughs> that's, that's so good, man. That's Say one it again. Of the, it, if God can. is crazy in love with you and it has nothing to do with what you do, but simply because of who you already are. Mm. That is something that he's been teaching me like crazy. He will continue to work on my heart for the rest of my life. But I think it's something that our world today really needs to hear. Amen, brother. I already talked to, well, we already touched on the second question that I typically ask with my curriculum and whatnot. So we'll skip to the three books and why. We'll, yeah. just, we'll go to two books because you already mentioned uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which is a great book. I'm about halfway through it right now. I have so Heck many yeah. books going right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the pile is just ridiculous. It's hard to finish a book. It's nowadays. hard, dude. Unless it's <laughs> super, super engaging. But yes. my wife is just like, a Amazon package comes, she throws it in my head. Yep. Because <laughs> um, you want to start so another one. Stuff, dude. Yep. There's so much good stuff. So but good. Um, how about two other books that you would recommend people to read and why? Definitely, man. I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't say C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I'd be lying. Yeah. I would not be living in my true self. Yes, I sir. love C.S. Lewis, typical Christian answer, but uh, mere Christianity yes. is, is one I'm reading again through now. Um, yes. You know, read it in college and in high school, and it is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the fact that his words were written, you know, 80 years ago, whenever mm -hmm. it was, um, mm -hmm. 1930s, 1940s, and they are still so prevalent and so true today, mm -hmm. really just shows you how powerful the hand of God was yes. over his life and his Great calling. Book. Love that book. Mm -hmm. Expounds upon the basic and biblical truths of our faith and talk about uh, talks so clearly about how to live that out. Yeah, Love Mere Christianity. Another book that I really uh, have enjoyed, this author, John Mark Comer, he's mm -hmm. a pastor up in Portland, Oregon. Uh, he's got a lot of works, but one that I love is called Garden City. And I think specifically for our, um, not just our adolescents today, but college students, young adults and adults, mm -hmm. um, he talks about how to live the life that God has given you to live. How mm. He talks about work and rest. He talks about Sabbath. But really at the end of the day, the message that I pulled out of it was no matter what you do, so whether it's trade school, whether it's Stanford University, whether it's not going to college and being an entrepreneur, which Gen Z is really big about yes, these days, yes. whatever you do, you can look at that as God's fulfilling call on your life. Mm. And if you live that out, 
you will find freedom, satisfaction, and fulfillment like you never dreamed of. That's awesome. Garden City. Garden City. He's he's a poet, man. He's artistic. So the way he writes is just so attractive. Such an easy read. And now, yeah. even just getting to know you more, man, I think you would love it. Really? Yeah, it's great. My wife's about to be even more mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I just got a shout out, man. One of my favorite books from all time is The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Let's go. Oh, I love Lord yeah. of the Rings. I'll nerd out all day for that. It yeah. is so good. So good. So good. Wasn't he boys with C.S. Lewis? Yeah, dude. They hung out all the time. They talked to one of the funny stories about them, if if I heard it correctly, is that they were hanging out um, one time getting food and they had written a lot of books by then, you know, professors, just very acclaimed writers and, and teachers, but they had never written fiction. So they dared each other one night. They challenged each other. Hey, we're both going to write a science fiction series and we're going to see which one does better. <laughs> well, C.S. Lewis went on to write Out of the Silent Planet which had three works. I've read them. They're great. And they did very well. He also later wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. or maybe it was before, but so, so good. J.R. Tolkien started to write a series, got so frustrated that it wasn't good, just dropped it completely. So C.S. Lewis won that, but then later went on to write The Hobbit and yeah. Lord of the Rings and you know um, uh, yeah. a couple of other works. But yeah, man, it uh, it all started based off that dare. That's wild. And they were boys. They hung out all the time. That's wild. Yep. That's awesome. Tyler, thank you so much for doing this, man. Oh, appreciate you, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yep. All right, guys. Later. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation and float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and the experience is transformative to say the least. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an exclusive deal of 40% off the normal price for a single float. Just go to CapitalFloats.com and use the promo code Life Enchanted with no spaces at checkout. If you're in Northern California, you definitely want to take advantage of this. Please remember that I am not a doctor, so definitely consult your physician before making any sudden diet, supplement, or lifestyle changes suggested in any of these episodes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can send an email to nick, N-I-C-K, at mylifeenchanted.com, or you can find me on Instagram at mylifeenchanted. Peace.